Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. It's Wrestling with Entertainment, bringing you the latest exclusive breaking news, previewing and reviewing the latest social WWE, AEW, New Japan, and everything in between every Saturday, and interviewing all your favorite wrestlers on Wednesday on YouTube and Castbox, sponsored by Rogue Energy. Use promo code Wrestling with E for 10% off your next purchase. I am, of course, your host, that guy, James Shea, alongside the leader of Squash Squad, who is not here, Coleco Yachts, but who is here, the American Scooter Dust. Can you send over a girl of about 5'10", long legs, blonde hair, and the biggest pair of... Oh! Hi, guys! Did we interrupt something? No, 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 not at all. And our very special guest for this week from the Great For Yardy podcast, Drew. Wagwan, Bredrins. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me once again so we can talk shop about things that happen in a 20 by 20 ring. Sometimes 22, sometimes 18 as well. Depending on yeah. which type of uh, which wrestling we're talking about, but exactly, it's great to have you back on, Drew. It's been a, a spell since the last time. Yes, it has. When I almost took the crown, but I jobbed out in the um, in the trivia that we had <laughs> a few months back. I, I took the job. You know, I'm not Hulk Hogan in this. I'm. I can. I can always put somebody over when when necessary. Well, I've, I've kind of. If anybody took the job, it was me. I I came in last in that in that trivia. But I mean, that 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 title looks nicer on my shoulder. I gotta tell you, it's a great day for wrestling. Uh, last week on the show, we interviewed Clutch Jesse V. Uh, and I'm I'm still hungry from that podcast. Oh my god. I mean, if you, if you thought, if you thought, you know, the, you know, two guys talking about, you know, wrestling in a podcast is weird, just imagine how the subject of Dragon's Den gets brought up, of how a Canadian TV show gets brought up, I know, our podcast, it, it's, it's, that's why I made sure I ate before. <laughs> Only us could bring up those uh, obscure little references. You know, um, it, it, if any, if any of our guests, if you know, if they have so much as wipe their ass, I will find out about it. <laughs> Do they use the left hand or the right hand? <laughs> Some, uh, some of them would. Ooh, maybe that's next week on the show. Uh, but uh, in seriousness, uh, can't wait to see what Jesse does in the future. And I'm not, I wouldn't be upset if he made the trip down to America and kind of see what he could do here as well. The trip down to America. Yeah. Yeah. The trip down to the trip down to America. Let that sink in, everybody, for just a minute. And uh, somebody that's coming 
up to America from down under. Uh, Joel Bateman, the smash hit, will be on the show uh, this Wednesday or Tuesday. It's definitely going to be in one of those two days. Um, yes, I. I never thought we'd actually have like the yeah the serial killer serial killer protagonist portrayed by Christian Bale on the show. No wait, that's Patrick Bateman. Never mind. And uh, it's one of our. Uh, it's fantastic how we cover yes. so much and still have so much to talk about for around two somewhere down the line as well. And. and Gotta mention the fact that once again, my aim is to get them to say, "Wow, I've never been asked that question before." That is that is my aim in all future interviews from now on. And you definitely don't want to miss this one because there's a lot of that. I think I might have a better analogy. PCW is Nikola Tesla and. The talent who complained is Thomas Edison, who always complained and got Tesla down whenever he was doing something that would infringe upon Edison's uh, you know, patents. And uh, I, I'm really impressed you were able to draw parallels between Edison and Deathmatch. Like <laughs> that, it's a fucking stretch, but you made it work. Um, <laughs> I mean, well done. A, a Tesla coil in a death match is something I'd love to see. Tesla coil is the thing that fucking does the lightning, isn't it? Yeah, but yes. it, it never actually touches anybody. So, be a cool effect, but I've seen, I've seen the ball thing, like the thing that you put your fingers yeah. on. Yeah, I've seen, uh, I've seen them used in death matches. That, that's that's a variation. On it. Um, cool. Lot of exclusive content to wrestling with entertainment. Uh, and then the week after. That, I believe that is, what day is that? Uh, the 23rd of June, we have Owen Brody, the O-Bro. Looking forward to that as well. And, oh, bro. And we'll uh, keep you up to date on our Twitter page as to who we're going to interview next um, at Wrestling With E. I hear we're interviewing a rock. Oh, we wish. Uh, now, uh, now that we're done putting ourselves over, let's get into the news. Uh, earlier this week, Leo Rush retired after one stint with AEW Wrestling. Does AEW do that to you, Drew? Um, I think... Leo Rush, he's a great talent, and I just think at this point in time, I think he was injured right. after that one stint in AEW. And whatever this guy decides to do, if it's come back to wrestling, if it's to go into music, if it's to go into acting, I just think as a fan of his, I will support whatever he does. It's just sad that he's leaving pro wrestling, but whatever – is down the road for him in the future. As a fan, I will be supporting it 100%. What's a to, to put it into Pokemon terms, Leo Rush has evolved into MVP. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't help but feel like 
Leo, Leo, Leo Rush is a is a great talent. He did kind of run his mouth a little bit, and as as much as I, uh, yeah, yeah, he didn't see anybody injured. The irony of this this sudden retirement is is not lost on me, although. Some somebody somewhere in the wrestling world will will we'll find some value in him. There is value in him in some capacity as a as, as part of anything wrestling related and and and, and video game related. Now that I think about it, so. I think um, Leo Rush has always been, um, to put it in a nice way, a polarizing figure in pro wrestling. Um, do you think this is just more of him kind of overreacting to an injury rather than an actual serious, um, you know, consideration that he's actually hurt? You know. If this was anybody else, I'd probably take it a little bit more seriously. But given Rush's penchant for the dramatic, I wouldn't be surprised if this is an attempt to drum up some, you know, you know some talk. Well, let me phrase the question this way. Do you think we'll see Leo Russ back in a wrestling ring again, Drew? You will, but what what I'm hearing from you guys, it it feels like this, and I'm not trying to bring race into into the conversation, but Leo Rush, it looks like me, and Leo Rush, like many other black performers, do not get the same, or is not are not painted with the same paintbrush. If this was a cisgender white male doing this, we would just say, oh, he's injured, he's retiring. Scooter says that this could be drumming up um, more for him down the road, which is fine. You're allowed, if this, if this is going to up your value, if this is going to up your price and what you get down the road in a, in a contract, go ahead and do so. But I think our problem as fans is we get too cynical and too locked down on what these guys and girls decide to do with their lives in this career. I have never taken a bat bump in my life. I have never been body slammed in my life. I've watched this this um, genre of entertainment for the last 25 to 30 years. And to see a, a black man be able to take what he feels is the right move for his career Kudos to him. If he decides to come back, there will be some company that will be willing to pay him. If it's not WWE, AEW, New Japan, um, NWA, et cetera, et cetera. But I just think we need to stop trying to figure out exactly where this guy's trying to fit in and trying to get his his um his bread exactly to, to well, for a, a lesser lesser cost. Well, well. My 
perspective on it had absolutely nothing to do with race. The fact that Rush, Rush is a guy that likes to put, yeah, Rush puts a lot of thought into, yeah, into into drumming up the talk around him. So anything he does. Most likely, it is calculated and has thought behind it. And he does, he he does love to stir the pot, so to speak. And that's what that's one of the great things about Leo Rush is that he, while being a a a, a, a tiny guy. His his mouth could his mouth could back it up, and he could he had the talent to do it both in and out of the ring. And you know, I he has had you know controversy. He he did burn a bridge in Ring of Honor, from what I heard, and. He was maybe not the most liked guy in the WWE locker room as well. Um, but, you know, that's just him kind of doing him. And Coleco had always, always said, you know, give the guy the benefit of the doubt. And he was actually doing pretty decent in uh, New Japan and, um, and uh, Impact Wrestling. So... No, he, oh. He was in also in MLW. He he was their middleweight champion for a while in MLW, yeah. and and to be honest with you, you have to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I agree with you, Scooter, one hundred percent. If this is something that he's doing, which he has done in the past to drum up business for himself, I, go for it. So if this is six months a year down the road, and he can get money because we're looking at a world where people are vaccinated. Travel restrictions are getting lessened. Guys can go overseas. Guys can go the the progress of the world in the UK. You can go wrestle in in New Japan, All Japan, Noah. So if this is a way for him to say, let me let me, I'm injured. Let me heal up and come back. And now I'm a more I'm more of a draw to make more money for myself. Kudos to him. I, and I do think we're going to see him sooner rather than later, to be honest with you. I do as well. And speaking of uh, people seeing people we might be seeing sooner rather than later, uh, one, I was going to say, yeah, WWE reportedly has rehired Sean Davari. I didn't hear that. Uh, as a producer for uh, uh, SmackDown, he was uh, backstage at SmackDown last night. It's funny because he worked the NWA uh, TV and uh, pay-per-view last week as, as a producer. So very interesting there. And yes, uh, WWE apparently wants Samoa Joe back in NXT. And that would actually be a pretty good get for NXT. You know, obviously his WWE run was so-and-so. But his NXT run was actually quite spectacular. Um, If this is... If this actually does go through, um, 
would you be excited to see Samoa Joe and NXT Scooter? Uh, well, it depends if it's if it's in a performance role. If it if it's as a trainer or as a coach, I heard that it was as a talent. Then I would expect him and uh, and and Finn to go at it one more time. What about you, Drew? Do you think that um, seeing Samoa Joe in NXT would kind of revitalize his career? Nope. Nope. We've already seen that movie. We don't need to see it again. I think it's time for Samoa Joe to either take one more stab and do a run where you just do what Cody did when Cody left uh, WWE before AEW and just work for everybody for like a year and then shut it down. You could be sorry. Oh, Cody, Cody had a, a, uh, a top 10 list. Uh, I'm saying Joe should do the same thing. I, I think Joe should not be going back to NXT. I, I think that's shipped as sale. I think to, to be honest with you, NXT has become very stale and, and we haven't we've developed a couple new guys which were on top when they were in factions. And now Joe going back there, it's just another person that was there trying to revitalize something. To me, Joe would work perfectly as a commentator somewhere. Like that that's that's where his bread is buttered right now. I don't think we need to see Joe back in the ring unless it's away from the WWE banner, one hundred percent. Uh, well, uh, one more thing that uh, we finally, I, I guess we could say we're finally getting it, is that Impact Wrestling is finally marching into AEW territory. That is true. Uh, Moose will be wrestling Kenny Omega for the T- uh, Impact World Championship um, actually later today. Um, honestly, I think this is smart because if you want to have the AEW has a crowd, Impact doesn't right now, so it would be smart to have you know that extra little boost to make their championship match a little bit more special. Uh, what say you, Scooter? Yes, but the again, we all have an idea about where AEW is, or where Impact is going to go with this. We come up with the idea of you know, supporting somebody and then they end up in a, it ends up being kind of a, 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 a little bit of a throwaway match here because the winner goes on to face Sammy Callahan at Slammiversary, which is a very odd situation. Quite honestly, this is not really the fitting of Kenny's gimmick right now, if you really think about it. I mean, Kenny should be demanding Moose and Sammy fight for the honor of fighting him. Um, this This may have something to do with Moose's contract. Did he resign though? It, 
there there's no definite of whether he's signed or not signed yet. Uh, I know the reason that this match is happening is because Moose says he wants to win the Impact Championship before his contract expires. Dan, it's probably um, a gimmick. Um, yeah, it, it also it expires like later uh, this summer. So, so he's got maybe a month or two. So, is this strategic to try and maybe get the belt off Kenny before they'll big pay preview? I know Kenny is maybe um, dealing with some injuries right now. But Drew, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my fantasy Booker hat on. Moose's contract is reportedly up at the end of June, so I think Moose wins the the TNA title, and then comes on and I believe. Slammiversary is in July, correct? I believe so, yes. I don't really, I don't really tune into Impact Wrestling that much. Um, None of us do. So if that's, if that's the case, right, I could see Moose ending up on AEW with those same titles. And then Sammy could be the one that comes and collects it because he's an Impact guy more than Moose is. So I just think it's trying to drum up a storyline. Yeah, it's cool that they're going to have this match pre-taped uh, in Daly's place, but has to me, has this partnership with AEW turned the needle for Impact Wrestling? And not at the, not si- at the beginning, but it, it hasn't really paid off. Yeah, Kenny has their belts, but here's the thing. Throughout this whole thing, we have never seen one eight one impact wrestler show up on, on Dynamite and attack Kenny or attack a wrestler in, in AEW to, to you know what I mean? It's like this friendly fire they have with them. Like, oh, you can show up on our show because of Don Callis and but Scott Demore never goes into any of their ears like a Ed, uh, Eddie Edwards or a Sammy Callahan or a Chris Bay or anybody that's on their roster and say, hey, this guy pretty much came into our house and stole our property or won our property. And then nobody's going there week after week saying, hey, I want a shot at my title. It, and it would have been fine that, say, a wrestler from Impact went on to AEW and challenged for the belt. It's more important that in two weeks – AEW is going to give us a championship match on a Saturday night between Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega. So it doesn't, it's not helping anybody. This whole thing doesn't help anybody. I think nobody, as Scooter says or said, this is a throwaway match. Nobody cares about it. I think this is the way you could, you, you could do one or two things. Do what I'm saying and, as I'm fantasy booking and Moose takes the title and, and stays and goes over and signs with AEW, or you just make Moose win the title. That's that's him bringing home, being the wrestling god, bringing home the, the Impact Championship back to Impact, and then Moose can drop it or Moose can relinquish the title 
and then walk into AEW. Any way is possible, but I don't think Kenny should be holding the belt anymore because it doesn't do him any justice. Scudo, you want to add anything to that? Uh, I mean, yeah, we all like, we're all putting credence in. Oh, there's got to be somebody who gets the rub by taking the belt off Kenny. And I don't think anybody's going to get that rub at this point. When Kenny gets beaten for that title, it's not going to matter. I mean, the guy that kind of needed the rub to make his his uh, championship uh, run legitimate got blasted and with Swan. So, yeah, you would be right in that. Yeah, we, we keep hoping that there's something up, you know, that proverbial ace up the sleeve for impact, and there's just nothing there. It's the worst magician's assistant in the world. Let's, uh, let's go yes. into something that WWE might be regretting. Uh, there's been talks about Alistair Black coming back to WWE, and that his firing might have been premature. Um, should WWE make a play to bring Alistair Black back? And if so, does Alistair Black actually go back? Scooter. Well, for those of you who don't know, uh, Al- uh, Alistair, or as he's now going by, uh, he's back to being Tommy again. Uh, Tommy. Yep, he was on uh, Selena Vega, Theo Trinidad's uh, Twitch stream. The other day, and he was answering questions about, uh, strangely enough, about uh, his, wife, his wife's OnlyFans uh, and, and the costuming and everything. Um, did not, uh, it didn't bring up anything, you know, related to you know, bringing back, uh, you know, I haven't seen anything. About, uh, okay, wait, I'm actually hearing that. And I'm seeing that it's Alistair Black to be taken back and somebody else to be released. Like, that would be pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah, that would be, uh, no, because honestly. There's there's something in Corbin. There is something there. At least it, it, anyway. It just it just ha- it has to come out. And 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 one and once we see it, Corbin is gonna get. Yeah, Corbin will shoot to the top. Let's get back to Alistair Black. Should WWE bring him back, and should Alistair Black actually go back? Yeah, yeah, I, I think yes, he should go back. I think, I mean, if you know, Al, if he stayed, if he refused, you know, rehiring. You know, it, you know, we would cutting off his nose despite his face. Now, I'm wondering if there is 
any sort of clause in these contracts that can allow them to negate the firing. I mean, it's WWE, dude. There should be a loophole somewhere in their own. But uh, the fact that there's more coming, I, 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 I don't know. I think Alistair would probably be very, it would probably be great to have back out on the road. Plus, Alistair Black has the look of a main event champion. What about you, Drew? What are your thoughts? Should Alistair Black go back if they want, if they actually do want him? If they want him, sure. Why not? Why not go back? But if I'm smart, I'm negotiating my contract to be totally different. My contract is going to be I'm there on a pro on a pro bono basis. I'm going to be like an actor. So if I'm on on Raw or SmackDown, I look at it. Say it's WrestleMania season, right? So if if I come back this particular month or in July. My contract will end at WrestleMania. Then we can renegotiate that contract for me to come back as that same character. I think what we need to start doing as professional wrestling fans is start to look at these guys as actors and actresses on a television show. I think our our major problem is that we, we still think wrestling is what most of us grew up with. And that's not what wrestling is anymore. Wrestling is a... It's an entertainment medium. So these guys and girls are playing characters on this particular TV show. That's why we have so many medical dramas, but they all fit. And that's how wrestling should be. We have wrestling. You can have a bunch of wrestling, but rest. But okay, for instance, what I say, medical dramas. You have Grey's Anatomy. You got New Amsterdam. The Resident. Good Doctor. They're all the same thing. They are medical dramas but they're telling different stories. The characters are doctors, nurses, et cetera, et cetera, but they're telling different stories. And I think our problem is, is that we've gotten too bogged down to believe that what the WWE is selling us or any other wrestling organization is selling us is that this is the way wrestling is. And I think if we're talking about Tommy and or Aleister Black going back, he should but he should go back based upon his terms and what he wants to see the Aleister Black character be. So if if we, we, we shot these amazing vignettes with all that stuff before he got released, so if the release is wrong, okay, but he needs to, as a as a entertainer, figure out a way to come back to make it work for yourself. Hypothetically speaking, who in WWE is currently the McSteamy and McDreamy? Drew. Um, that's uh, who's McDreamy? That's Roman Reigns. The women them love Roman Reigns. <laughs> they love the women love them some Roman Reigns. That's that's their guy. I would say if you if you wanted to throw another guy in there, and it's on SmackDown, that's that's Cesaro because he has that. Nice cut, nice body, but honestly, if you ask women, if you turn on SmackDown 
and you a, and Roman Reigns is on the screen, nine times out of ten, the women are gonna stop and look. I I I would say I would say Otis is McSteamy. No, um, <laughs> uh, his dreams. No, uh, I I would probably I would probably say Dolph. It's McSteamy. Yeah, the, the the second the sec the guy who's always coming in second place just can't seem to you know, surpass the you know, the guy in first. Wow, that was way. That was way accurate. Because <laughs> I mean, I mean, that—that—that's what McSteamy was to McDreamy. McSteamy was something that was created to to, to make Eric Dane feel better on the side of Grey's Anatomy. Let's face it. Scooter, you're one hundred percent right, man. You're right. You're right. And 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 that's and and to be honest with you, that's the way I've been looking at wrestling for the past few weeks. Like, let's stop looking at about what, yes, the guys and girls can do amazing stuff in the canvas of the of the ring, right? But what has always drawn us to what they do in the ring? It's the story. And we sit there and we criticize a, a guy like Aleister Black. He's not getting an opportunity. He's not getting an opportunity. He's not getting an opportunity. Right, this whole we need to see more of Alistair. We need to, and he is a main event talent. But does the create does the writing team does the creative people see him the same way? Do they see him as the marquee guy? Do they see him as the babyface going up against Roman Reigns, or do we have to call back guys from the dead? Like in shows, guys pass on. They always do these. Oh, they're in an alternate universe. So the one of the main characters are in a coma, and they go to this either an island or a place that they've been before. And we we go get John Cena because John Cena will pop a rating. We'll go get the Undertaker to pop a rating. We'll call Stone Cold that can't do anything physically in the ring to sell the story. But we have a bunch of people that are uber talented that can probably write their own promos for these characters that can actually formulate a character that will be believable because Aleister Black's, I think it was called the dark, the dark father character that he was coming in with. Right. He, he looks so believable in these, in these vignettes, because if you look at it, a person that doesn't watch wrestling and they see him on the screen, you know what their, their first mindset they're going to, you know who he looks like? That commander guy off a of Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> That's where they're going with it. So we need, as fans, we need to start conditioning ourselves to look at wrestling. Yes, it's a sport. Yes, what they do in the ring, they can get hurt. They, all of that stuff because it stunts. It's like any other movie. It's like watching the Avengers. It's like watching Spider Man. It's like watching Jackie Chan back in the day, Bruce Lee, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We need to stop trying to fig to to figure out where 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 we would love because there's obviously there's shows where we're like I would love to see this guy more on on TV and then you're disappointed, right? Or a show gets canceled and you're disappointed. But as as wrestling fans, we have an opportunity to to say you know what I'm not liking what I see on TV. I'm not going to watch it. And then when the ratings start to drop. It's either the writing team changes it or they keep the status quo. 
And that's our problem as wrestling fans. We just are conditioned to tune in every Monday, tune in every Friday, especially with WWE, tune in on Tuesday nights for NXT, and we get the same thing over and over again. And then we get on this medium like podcasts and talk about it and say we want different. But any other show or any other entertainment medium, we the 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 people read the room and i think that's the problem with wwe they're not reading the room alistair black should have never been in the in that release form talk to him to renegotiate his contract down if you're try, if you're trying to budget cut that's another thing they could have done talk to these guys talk to these girls instead of just saying you're released and now you can't work for 90 days that's the that's another problem what you about that let's talk about somebody that um got out of his WWE contract willingly, uh, Andrade. He made his AEW debut last week. Um, we always talk about, you know, having that stigma of being a WWE guy. Is, is it a wise decision for, for AEW just to pick up all these WWE guys and have that backlash? Or... Is it an actually a smart play by them to get, honestly, a great talent like Andrade, Scudo? I think they they went after him for one reason, and the so reason is saying... not bingo. Yeah, it's that. The that opens up the possibility that when Charlotte's contract is up, there'll be a voice in her ear and more of an argument for her to go to AEW. Now, do you think that that would actually be a possibility? I mean. I mean, quite honestly, I Charlotte's done it all the WWE. I wouldn't be surprised if she said she wants to try something somewhere else. I mean, it is a tradition for flares to go from place to place. Right, true. And it does seem like she's her own person and not kind of maybe the... But the company goal, I suppose. What okay, I'll, I'll I'll start I'll I'll start with the the Charlotte thing. I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you out there, James. But no, I was um, throwing it to you. <laughs> okay, um, I think with Charlotte, like you said, Charlotte's her own woman, so it's a possibility that Andrade's in her ear, and like Scooter said, she's done everything in the WWE. There's no challenge there, and. Maybe there's a challenge in AEW, and I think the whole, and to go back to the whole stigma of a WWE guy, it's like I was saying before, there shouldn't be stigmas because we see it all the time in acting where a guy could be a, a lifer on a television show and he moves on and goes to a different show. We don't call him. We don't say he has ER stigma on him or he has comedic acting on him when he goes to a dramatic role. I think what we need to do is look at it. Andrade wasn't being utilized at the biggest company 
in professional wrestling around the world. He wasn't being utilized. He was sitting on the sidelines. He wanted a challenge, and AEW presented him with that challenge and presented him with an opportunity not only to broaden his fan base, but maybe help grow this brand into a legitimate contender beside the WWE. And that's another thing I want to say, too, is that wrestling shouldn't be competing with each other. It, like wrestling organizations shouldn't be competing with each other. You guys do your stuff in your universe. The WWE does its stuff in its universe. And if somebody that works there decides that, hey, here is not the place for me. I am not able to maximize my potential here or my earnings here. And there's another place I can go and do so, or there's a plethora of places I can go and do so, then why not? I don't think there should be a stigma on guys anymore and girls that decide to go leave WWE and go to AEW. But I think, to be honest with you, AEW is is with the signings of the older guys, like the Mark Henrys and the Christian Cages and, and the Paul Whites. I think what they've done there is smart. Instead of trying to bring them in to pop ratings, they're using and utilizing them to help them grow their younger talent. So if if Andrade is there, that's a guy that's been around the world a couple of times, has wrestled in other places that can help a younger talent that may or may not understand what it's like to wrestle on television. And that was one of the biggest problems that AEW was having before the pandemic. And uh, talking about somebody that was definitely in their husband's ear, um, there will be an NWA all-women's pay-preview uh, soon. Uh, it's being produced by Mickey James. Wonder how she got that. Um, this is a good idea for NWA to have an all-women's pay-preview when they might not ha- actually have the talent to sell that pay-preview. You kind of get what I mean, Scooter? Yeah, I mean, what what are they gonna they gonna build to? What a Thunder Rosa Mickey James match? Oh, I mean, put butts in the seat. I mean, I'm assuming Thunder Rosa Serena Deeb. Right now, the current NWA Women's Champion is. Um, Nick Aldis's uh, bodyguard, uh, Camille. Oh, that's right, Camille won it. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I, so now, oh, that that even actually makes kind of even more sense for now for Mickey James to be in the main event of that pay per view. Uh, again, wonder I, I, how she got that role. Again, I would probably say maybe even the the. Uh, the title doesn't mean event the pay-per-view. And they may be trying to pull off another, like, thing like they did with Thunder Rosa on uh, AEW. Hmm. Do you actually see uh, uh, NWA um, calling, you know, picking, uh, calling uh, AEW and Impact to try and get some more names on their card, on this card? Yeah, yes. I also... kind of have to, right? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's almost given that there's going to be a battle royal. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, they're kind of going to have to be. I mean, and, and, and given that this would be really almost like new territory for the NWA specifically, I would even say screw it and, you know, make the battle, have a battle royal, make that the first match, and have the winner go and face uh, Camille. For the for the NWA Women's Title, don't set out don't don't set out the opponent in advance. That might be because, something. because that would probably kill more uh, uh, buys than uh, it would kill more buys than it would uh, generate. What say you, Drew? Good idea, bad idea, all women's pay preview on WWE. I'm I'm all for it because here's the thing: there is a plethora of talented women in this industry of professional wrestling. Absolutely, and I think I think we need to showcase them any which way, shape, or form. Mickey James, I think, after what happened in WWE to her. And her mistreatment on how her stuff came back to her and all that kind of stuff, and I think she had a she probably has a great rapport with um, Big um, Billy Corgan because of Nick Aldis, and I don't think she should wrestle on that show. I think she should be back there, being the being the producer of the show, like they said she's going to be, and. Yeah, if it's something where you go to Ring of Honor, you go to. Impact, AEW, um, anywhere. And she did say it in her promo on um, Power this week, is that she's looking for the best. So if the best means anywhere and everywhere, then sure. And that will be a place that we're showcasing for one night women's professional wrestling. Because to be honest with you, some of the matches in the last couple of years by the women have been way better than the men. Very true. And I think what we also need to do is to su- is support women's wrestling because I'm coming from a time, and I think me and Scooter are in the same age bracket, that the women's match used to be, and I quote, the cigarette match or the concession stand match unless they were taking off their shirts and showing your, you their bra and panties. Now they're actually showing you that they're athletic enough, they're strong enough, and capable enough to look amazing and on par with some of the women. To me, my favorite wrestler in AEW is not a male. It's Jade Cargill. Is to me, he has the look, the talent, and everything that easily could show up on the NWA pay-per-view and be showcased. And and that's what I want to see. I want to be able to tune in and uh, a dad of daughters that is trying to get their, their children into pro wrestling, but that would be on their own accord. But so they can turn on the TV and say, hey, that girl, she's cool. I want to buy her t-shirt and want to buy her headband and want to go to the shows. That's what we need. We need these things because now we're coming out of a time that we were all locked down. 
we weren't able to go to shows, we weren't able to be around people, we weren't able to just do what we normally did. WrestleMania weekend came around and we fans from all over the world would jump on a plane or wherever and drive and go to all the indie shows. Now we're getting back to that. So I'm all for this pay-per-view. I'm all for women's wrestling. I'm all for wrestling if it's good. If it's crap, I'm going to say it's crap. But for right now, for what they're saying, go ahead, knock yourself out. All right. And uh, when asked about this pay-per-view, Triple H said that um, WWE has the best women's roster and all female, and I don't think it was just female, but all talent want to be in WWE. Is this Triple H kind of just um, pulling a Tony Khan at this point, Scooter? Hmm, I mean, quite honestly, I'm, I'm not even sure. I, I, hmm, I, I mean, we, we could go into a whole debate about, uh, if the WWE has the best women, um, it would be the whole Soto, um, but I mean WWE does have the best women's roster, right? Yes. And you know, we talked we talk uh, a lot about this is how I see it. It's WWE Impact Wrestling Limitless Wrestling has the three greatest women rosters on pro wrestling today. And I do, I will say I'm a little biased for Limitless, but that's kind of how I see it. Um, but you, you think that this might be how Triple H actually feels, Scooter? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think part of me thinks yeah, it's like it's just like a little like ah, you're planning on doing this, it ain't gonna work, and awesome. What about you, Drew? Do you think uh, it was just a a playful job by Triple H, or is it um, or does he actually feel what he said? There's two. Sorry, there's two ways of looking at this, two ways. The first way you can look at it is, James, do you feel like you have the best podcast in the world? Well, I mean, I have to. So why wouldn't Triple H say he has the best female roster in the world? He's a promoter. What? He promotes NXT, NXT, so he is going to say that they have the best roster in the world because he's trying to sell it to the world that he has the best roster. That's one way of looking at it. The second way of looking at it is that Triple H was tone deaf because you can't say years ago that we want to revolutionize women's wrestling and then when somebody is going to do what you've already done, WWE, with your Evolution pay-per-view and us, well, 
they, they, they ain't going to last. It's like when Tony Schiavone said about Mick Foley winning the championship. Huh, that's going to put butts in the seats. And what happened? Hmm. So you got to look at you. It's either he was trying to say, yeah, we got the best. We're all, all the best wrestlers want to come here because, yes, the WWE is the top organization when it comes to professional wrestling. I don't hear any women that are in mixed martial arts say they want to they want to fight in Bellator or they want to fight in PFL or they want to fight in one FC out in, in, in Asia. They want to fight. The best fighters are in the UFC. So that's Triple H saying the best female wrestlers are in the WWE. The other way, like I said, he was tone deaf because you can't sit there and say, we're the only place that you're going to find the best female wrestlers and then crap on somebody else that is trying to build up female wrestlers. All he could have said, to be honest with you, was, you know what? I wish them the best of luck at what they're trying to do. That's it. This is too many times where guys and girls in this industry that you're a suit. So you sit on a board of directors that you have to have meetings with to say what you're going to do. And then you want to turn on the Triple H persona. The persona is dead. That's your character. Paul Levesque needs to speak. And when Paul Levesque speaks, you shouldn't discredit anybody else. I live I live in Canada, okay? And we have two telecommunications companies in this in this country, Rogers and Bell. And you know what's funny? Combined, they own the Toronto Maple Leafs. But you will never hear them criticize each other when one is showing the Raptors and one is showing showing the Maple Leafs. And at times during the Olympics, they come together. So there is no reason why a guy that's a suit for the largest wrestling company in the world should talk disparagingly about another organization trying to uplift women. That's why we are the same place where we are when it comes to female wrestling. All right. And uh, the last bit of news, single to wins the IWGP World Championship. Um, I kind of turned him out of this match before I went into it. Uh, and then he won. And I'm really happy he won. And we had talked about maybe Shingo being one of those four pillars not too long ago on the show. So do you see that this was right time, right place uh, for Shingo and that now he's going to be maybe a, a much needed threat of fresh air for, uh, for New Japan? Or do you think they're just kind of transitioning, he's a transitional champion for somebody that they're looking for. Scooter. Hmm. That's a tough call. Uh, just considering that um, given that yeah, they have the you know, the yeah, the, the established champions, you know, already on the roster. Uh, but then again, why not just give it to one of them if you're gonna if you're gonna put it on someone like Takagi? I think they're I think they're looking for Takagi to prove himself, and 
I'm sure they have an, uh, a, a, a backup plan at least, uh, given everything with, you know, with Osprey. Right. Uh, Drew, you have any, uh, official comments on the situation? Um, I'm happy that Shingo finally won the title. Um... I just think, like I was saying before, when I was with you guys a few months ago, I New Japan needed to shuffle the deck chairs, and which they have with Osprey and now Shingo to uh, Shingo. I think going forward, for him to establish himself as a true main eventer, he needs to beat Will Osprey when Will Osprey comes back, and that's pretty much it. Just a follow up question to that. It kind of seems like there is doubt that Will Osprey will ever come back. If he doesn't come out back and Shingo doesn't beat him, does that put an asterisk on his uh, his championship uh, ring? Yeah, it does, 100%. Because Will Osprey had to vacate the title. He didn't lose the title. True. So Shingo winning... In a sense, he's an interim champion. And we always know this in, in mixed martial arts, especially with the UFC, when we have interim champions, that interim champion has to beat the actual champion to solidify himself to solidify himself as the world champion. So, oh, I'm sorry. My allergies. <laughs> so what it, there is an asterisk on, on his... Um, on his on his win. So going forward, I just think New Japan is in a transitional space with everything going on with their whole talks with WWE. I think all over it's it's right now they're just trying they're they're throwing pasta at the wall and trying to make it stick. I like sticky pasta. And I'll conclude our news for this week. Now uh Quick word from our sponsors. Rogue Energy, the only gaming drink company in the world with four unique product lines to suit your task at hand, whether it be juices, shakes, smoothies, and everything else in between. Their low-calorie, no-sugar energy formula is the perfect alternative to sugar-filled canned energy drinks and sodas. Their extreme formula provides the most energy, focus, and sports performance possible. Their hydration line offers focus, ingredients without the added caffeine. Drink it anytime you're thirsty. And their shake formula is so delicious. Who doesn't love a cookies and cream, zero-calorie energy milkshake? First and foremost, they've designed every Rogue product line with performance and effectiveness in mind. It is critical that you look at the nutrition panels of drinks when comparing options. There are countless off-brands out there that are presenting low-quality, poorly-dosed formulas that amount to expensive caffeine water. Every formula they produce is designed with optimal levels of high-quality ingredients. Additionally, you won't find a powdered gaming drink brand that dissolves better. No need to have chalky textures in your drink. Their taste profiles are unmatched, specifically designed for gamers, athletes, students, entrepreneurs, people with hectic schedules, individuals with low energy, podcasters who can't shut up, people who are health conscious, and so much more. Great as both a pre-workout and as a coffee energy drink replacement. Specifically designed every Rogue product line to be the best 
gaming drink on the planet. Rogue energy, more energy, more focus, more wins. Use promo code WRESTLINGE for 10% off your next purchase. Uh, hey, that's what's happening. So, uh, Scooter, who wins? Uh, Raquel. Drill, what say you? Raquel Gonzalez wins. Alright. Next, uh, next match. Mercedes Martinez versus Zaya Lee with Boa and Mi Ying. <laughs> who wins, Scooter? No matter who wins, we lose. Um, I thought that was obvious. Uh, as long as Mercedes doesn't kill me, we're all good. Um, I mean, they've been wanting to push both women. So... I'm going to say... I'm going to say this, this turns out to be a no contest. Interesting. What about you, Drew? Scooter, I was going to say the same thing, dog. I was going to say no contest or DQ, double DQ, count out, finish, something like that. Well, I'm not going to take the cheap uh, way out of this. Um, and usually... NXT TakeOver matches have clean finishes. Um, so I'm going to go with Zia Lee because we've seen Martin, uh, Martinez um, take L's before. And it doesn't really hurt her, honestly. Everybody knows she's kind of a badass. And I think Zia kind of could use a, a win at this point against somebody of her caliber. Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight in a ladder match for the vacant million dollar championship. Who wins Scooter? I I I really want to see Knight just to see the huge tantrum Grimes throws. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't think uh, DiBiase is getting any more involved beyond this. So, unless, unless Cameron Grimes has his very own Virgil, Ooh. and by Virgil. By, by by Virgil, I mean Butler type character. They're gonna call him Cody or Dustin. <laughs> God, now I can't remember uh, Virgil's real name. Damn it! Um, I think it's Joe. No, because his last name is Jones. Uh, Joe Jones. Come 
Yeah, so, Mike. 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 Jones. Mike Jones. Or special delivery. Yes, special delivery. Oh. I mean, I mean, they could call him, or maybe he gets a like a a female sermon called the Polka Dotty. So Clamshell Knight, lock it in. Uh, I say it, it's it's grime time, baby. All right, and Drew, uh, what say you? To the moon, to the moon. It's Cameron Grimes, man. No. One thing about that is if LA Knight does lose this, um, what does that really mean to LA Knight? Because this is his second takeover, and it would be another loss for him. Do they, does NXT maybe not see the value in um, LA Knight? Scooter? Um, probably not just yet. And that brings us to our main event. Karrion Cross with Scarlett defends the NXT Championship against Cool Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Bay Bay, Johnny Wrestling Gargano, uh, Pete Dunne, in a fatal five-way match. Um, this is probably the oddest thing NXT's ever done. I mean, other than maybe calling it a full house match, which they should definitely do. Um, um. But what say you, Sudo? Who wins? Uh, I mean, the easy money is on Cross. Because in a situation like this, what would we say, James? What would we say this is an indication of? Uh, a clusterfuck? <laughs> no, what would we say would be happening to the talent involved after this event? Oh, squash. No. PowerPoint presentation? Oh boy, with call-up. A call-up. Yes. Somebody's going to the show. You. Somebody is going to the show. But they'll they'll end up not going, as <laughs> as you that's always what's happening in the, yeah yeah as you always inaccurately predict. <laughs> the, the only thing, the only other person, I could see besides Cross walking out with that belt is O'Reilly. Hmm. And then I see Carrion brought up, and then they can get back into that, you know, that tease because they carry across Edge feud, and then you get may they may then you get O'Reilly Cole. 
with Bobby Fish as the deciding factor, then you get O'Reilly versus Fish versus Cole. And Bless Rock is strong in all this. If he's not injured, I would I would bet he probably makes his way into it as well. Um, in fact, I could even see them doing something like, you know, take over Undisputed, where Cole, <laughs> Fick, and, and Roderick compete in a match at the uh, start of the night, and the winner faces O'Reilly at the end of the night. Interesting. So, I'm going to hedge my bets and say cross or O'Reilly uh, with the with the 51% leaning towards cross. What say you, Drew? Did we lose, Drew? Oh, he's on mute. Yeah, we there hear we you. Go. We got Drew back. You can hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, I said that I think Karrion Cross will retain his belt, but I see it's time for Adam Cole to leave NXT. It it really is. I think he. It's yeah. time for him to show up on on a Raw or SmackDown, preferably SmackDown, but Karrion Cross retains his title. I mean, he was just playing Fall Guys about, like, half an hour ago, so. Uh, <laughs> but we always say, oh, Cole's coming up, Cole's coming up, new. Like every other every NXT review we do. <laughs> Oh well, what's left? What to be honest with you guys? What's left for him to do in NXT? So if he okay, he's in this match, he wins the title again. Oh, you're pretty he's already to us. <laughs> I mean, we're definitely ready for it. it just yeah, seems like, I, I, like it, it's like it. certain certain guys. I understand, like you want to be in NXT, and if it works for you, sure, no problem, stay there, knock yourself out. But there's certain guys that they need. To be in that higher echelon main event status, and Adam Cole is one of those guys. I just don't see him winning that title again. And if he does, he's gonna feud with Kyle again. And I thought their whole match that they had was like the blow off to the and pretty much the end of the Undisputed Era. We don't need to see the Undisputed Era face each other again. Like I think that was the end of it. Oh, I told you that wasn't the end. We need to see O'Reilly versus Fish at least. That could be just like a television match between the two of them to just be like out of respect for each other, and they just have a decent match and move on. I don't. I don't think we need a whole uh, program for them, and I don't want to see Adam Cole again face Kyle O'Reilly in a program. And this time it would be for the title. Then. What does Karrion Cross do? Does he drop the belt now and to Kyle and then go up to the main roster? It's it's just like like James, like you were saying before. It's a it's this is the weirdest um 
NXT takeover we've seen, and I, I think in forever, because there is no clear cut direction on where they're going with their booking. You think that they just wanted to throw as many guys onto the card as they possibly could when maybe they didn't have the talent to kind of back it up? Mm, no, I think they they want they couldn't they didn't have the time to write a cohesive story between Carrion and somebody, and they figured that. Carrion, after really only defending against Balor, uh, I mean, the fact that... No, he didn't defend against Balor. Balor defended against Balor. No, um, that is cross-letting, you know, being the champion go to his head. That, that that's I think the idea here. It's not a feud between Cross and anybody in the match. It's a feud between Cross and his mind. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, the only I mean, we we seen this with Keith Lee uh, last year. He won the championship. He dropped both belts. But well, he dropped the one belt. Uh, and then he dropped the belt to Cross, and then he went to the main roster after maybe one month as champion. Uh, and like you said, they did te- tease that that rivalry between him and Edge, and they do need matches for SummerSlam. So, you know, Kyle O'Reilly might be the logical choice in this sense. You know I what I mean? Edge is still. Edge is still living off that money plane money. That, that money, you know, the movie, Money Plane. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting how this whole pay preview unfolds. Uh, once again, where can uh, people listen to this? Uh, paid preview well, if first if they uh, jam, a th- jam, a jam a thumb in their own butthole and give themselves buddy years, they can listen. Now, um, of course, tune into the UMB network. Tune into the remix. We're here. We're proud. Get used to it. All right. Now, I'll conclude our coverage of. Um, NXT TakeOver In Your House 2021. There, you happy? Oh, you have no idea. And, uh, we'd like to, I'd like to thank our very special guest, Drew, for coming on and doing this with us. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me, man. It's been, it's been fun. Um, I don't know about the butt jokes by Scooter, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, to each his own. Whatever you do in the confines of your bedroom is up to you. Make sure you lose, use lube, and no means no. <laughs> and never wash your hands. That's how we got into coronavirus in the first place, man. Oh wash your hands. You it's know what I want? Hard. 
You know when I wash my hands in the bathroom? When I shit on them! Well, as I said, to each his own. Some people eat, some people like to eat fries and others like to eat PB&J. To each his own. You like to defecate on your hands. That's That's your thing. I'm not here to judge you, man. Just make sure you do it safely and make sure that your hands are protected at all times. It's a George Carlin joke. Oh my god. Uh, you also have your own podcast, uh, Drew. Could you tell us about it? It is called the Great Friarty Podcast. I give you guys the review of Monday Night Raw. Um, AEW when it's on Wednesdays because I'm too damn lazy to watch it on, and I just watch it for fun on Fridays. And I will give you the review of Friday Night SmackDown, and also sometimes I just drop some social commentary about things like relationships, fatherhood, what's the best place to get jerk chicken in the city of Toronto, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can find it on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Overcast. Podcast Addict and wherever else you get your favorite podcasts. And you can find me on social media. Hit me up on Twitter. That is DWrestling99. And on Instagram, Drew underscore Wrestling99. And I know what you want to know what the 99 is for. It is not for Wayne Gretzky. It's the year I graduated high school. So I am aging myself. <laughs> and, uh, of course, if you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, comment below on YouTube and CastBox. Um, join us this Wednesday as we interview Joel Bateman, uh, the Smash Hit. Um, and uh, you can keep up with what we're doing on social media as well, at Wrestling with E for all uh, our next uh, interview, news, media, all that good stuff. At Wrestling with E for on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow, um, and of course, this episode was sponsored by Rogue Energy. Use promo code Wrestling with E for ten percent off your next uh, purchase. Uh, support us. You support us by supporting our sponsors. And you can follow us individually as well on Twitter. You can find me at James J993. You can find Coleco at I am Coleco. And uh, where can they find uh, Scooter Dust? Well, later tonight, they can find me in a 20 hooker gangbang. If they want to find me on Twitter, it's at Scooter Dust. And of course, we'll note down for the UNB Network at UNBS Wrestling. And you know what? Come play some Knockout City and Among Us, as well as some other great content over on the Smoking Dragons Twitch channel. Ran by the Smoky Dragons, the head of which is the very, the one, the only, Rico Constantino Jr. So come, 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 come hit some balls with us. Come, come on a D&D campaign with us. There's 20 sides to every story. Come be a part of ours. For our special guest from the Great Yardy, Drew. Coleco Yacht, Scooter Dust, and James Shea, and this has been Wrestling with Entertainment. Can we bring the hooker in now? Thanks. Oh, wait, are we still? Oh, shit.
Case. Hey folks, this is the Colossal Mike Law, and you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Enjoy the show, support these guys, we appreciate it very much. We'll see you at ringside.